Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we've got Jeff Lester, the owner of Hunt Hard Outfitters, based out of Unit 1 and 27 in Arizona. Jeff, how you doing? Great, Jay. Awesome. Doing good. Look forward to having you on here. Um, we usually have some great conversations, good talks. Um, let's first just talk about what's going on right now as far as moisture conditions um, up in your neck of the woods. Well, obviously, you know, this last season, uh, we came off a pretty, you know, solid year of moisture. We had a really good winter, and we had a really good hunting season due to that antler growth across Arizona. And New Mexico uh, was fabulous. I mean, Arizona was much better than New Mexico. New Mexico still had a few places that were a little affected by, you know, drier conditions. But Arizona was looking really, really good. A lot of holdovers, so... I mean, as everyone can see this year, Arizona, you know, was was really good compared to the last couple of years. So, so, so you had, and as, as right now we're we're sitting. I mean, you know, we had that that big big Thanksgiving storm that right before the late rifle hunts just dumped um, some big big moisture um, in Unit One and Twenty Seven. Uh, as well as the rest of the state. I mean, it was just that those, you know, that's one of the more popular late hunts, and, you know, we dealt with a lot of weather on that late, the late rifle hunt uh, in one in 27, and I uh, had a couple, another little kind of storm in between that time and now, um, and now we're, we're getting hit with another pretty big wave of it uh, as we speak, you know, being, you know, a couple days after Christmas here, so... So you would say going into the application season from a moisture standpoint, um, so far so good. Yeah, unless it just completely stopped all of a sudden and it just you know, got warm and <laughs> melted off. But, I mean, right now, um, you know, I saw the forecast, uh, the winter forecast. You know, they said we're not in a El Nino or an El Nina. I guess it's just kind of a, I can't remember what they called it, but in neutral, some type of a holding, neutral. yeah, kind of a neutral holding pattern. And, you know, they weren't, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, we're, we're definitely, you know, I was, I was just skiing on the mountain actually this morning and, and, uh, I mean, the mountain's got a lot of snow on it. It's wet. Uh, you know, certain places have gotten some pretty good snowfall already. So as long as we continue, you know, every couple of weeks to get a little storm, I think we'll be pretty good. I mean, right now, I think we're looking really good. You know, things can change. I know a couple of years ago, not last year, but the year before, you know, we started out really, really good, and it got really, really bad really, really fast. So it's hard to say, but right now, I think things are looking pretty good. Right on. Uh, before we get into talking about the new elk regulations that are out in the 2020 season, um, talk about 2019 as far as uh, how did your season go with hunters uh, in Unit 1 and 27? Um, we had a kind of a banner season. I mean, we had a really good year again. Um, you know, we've, pre we've stayed pretty consistent over, you know, the entire time I've outfitted for the last 20 years. I mean, we've, we stay right up around that 80 to 95% success rates depending on whether you're talking New Mexico or Arizona, but New Mexico, Arizona's always pushes 95 to 100% success rates on, you know, all your gun hunts. And, you know, 75 is kind of your higher percentage of your archery hunts, depending on, 
you know, how everything goes, you know, usually 100% shooting opportunities, but obviously, you know, when it's archery, you know, you wound some maybe, or you, you know, you, you know, some years yeah. are better than others. This year we had an excellent year. I mean, every guy that drew his bow seemed like we were just smoking the, you know, the bulls. I mean, it was just a really good archery season. Guys were making shots, um, making things count. And, uh, you know, we had bulls to shoot at this year, and that sounds kind of weird to say that, but, you know, the last year was so bad. I mean, it was just hard to find the bulls that you really wanted to target and shoot and, and hunt. And this year, um, just multiple encounters with that really solid, solid 330-plus bulls. Not that you're going to, you know, maybe shoot that, but I'm just saying guys that were looking for those 350-plus bulls, I mean, they were there. Um, you know, not saying you're going to see one every day, but, you you know, you could definitely, you know, find that kind of bull and hunt that kind of bull. Unit 1... Um, maybe not as much, you know, one, um, I, I think has lacked the last few years, just maybe not with numbers of elk, but definitely with the age class. And I mean, obviously we're going to talk about what they've done in one in 27, uh, the last couple of years. I mean, in, with this next cycle for the next two year cycle, which has kind of got us a little bit excited. We were glad to see them move some of these tags and, and, uh, but no, this year was, it was a good year. 27 looked really good. One, one was still kind of tough. I mean, for finding that age class, that bull that was past four years old, I'm not saying they weren't there. There was one here and there was one there. They were, you know, but one has struggled the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I had guys cancel. Uh, I, I, I had three late rifle hunters cancel this year due to me not being able to promise them a 350 plus bull. <laughs> so that was kind of strange. People were like, well, if we're going to pay the money and hunt, we want to kill a 350 bull, you know, and we really shot some good bulls on the late hunt. Um, bulls that were over 350, but I just wouldn't promise them that. And, you know, I had guys walk because of it, which was kind of a, you know, I didn't really like that, but it is what it is. Well, I mean, even so, on, even on back to back great years, I don't think, uh, I, you know, from my perspective, third-party unrelated, like that's completely unrealistic expectations for late hunt to say, you know, I'm only hiring you if I can kill a 350-plus bull. I've already hired you. Now I'm backing out. I mean, that to me on the face value seems ridiculous that someone would think that. My question would be um, how did the late hunts shake out from a unit-to-unit unit standpoint this year with all of the snow that you had right before the season, was one better than 27 or was 27 better than one for the late hunt? Well, I mean, for size-wise, I always like 27 a little better than one. Um, maybe not five-plus five years ago, but in the, in the last few years, I think 27's been a little better than one in the late hunt. Um, and when you throw all the snow on top of that, uh, you know, they were both really hard. I think one got a little more snow, um, than 27 in certain areas, uh, made the top of the mountain really, really tough to, to get around. I mean, it got a lot of snow. We're talking anywhere between 15 and 20 plus inches in certain spots. And then when you, you factor in the wind and the drifts and, it made a lot of places impassable. You could not get them. I mean, I, I know multiple guys that got 
not kind of stuck, but major stuck. Got into places, hunted, came back to the truck, and it dumped 15 inches that day or 12 or 10 or and couldn't get out of areas that they got into. People stayed the night on the mountain. I mean, it was a logistically kind of a nightmare. I know that the county, the sheriff's department, and everybody were pulling people out for multiple days, getting people off the mountain. Um, very, very, very tough conditions to hunt this year in Unit 1 um, in certain places. Some of the elk stayed a little bit high. Most of them really started to pile off the mountain. And uh, 27... You know, which has, I mean, I'm, you know, the higher country in 27 got hammered as well. I mean, there was, I saw, you know, one day I waited three and a half hours on the road waiting for him to get a snowplow unstuck, and there was five snowplows working trying to open that road up over the top by Hannigan and all that. So it made it tough. I mean, it was a tough, the first couple of days was tough. We deal with that a lot of times on those late hunts. We deal with those big storms. Um, sometimes we really like them, you know, and to get some snow, but when it comes in like that and dumps like it did, now it rained for, I'm saying, 15 hours prior to it really getting after it snowing. If it would have snowed, it would have pretty much shut the hunt down. So we were lucky that we... We got some of that rain prior to the snow coming in. Um, well, it would have been two for really, snow, really rain going down before snow is what we like to hear as elk hunters as oh, well. Oh, yeah, because the soil gets wet. moisture in. Yep. 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 And, well, you know, I heard, uh, and I don't know, and, and I'm not, I want the listeners to make sure they don't quote me on this because I don't know, but I, it was hearsay that the state of Arizona had, um, upwards of over 500 tags turned back in on point guard. Now, whether that's true or not, I have no idea. That was only hearsay. So, and I'm not saying just one in 27. I'm saying as a whole throughout the late hunts in the state, um, I heard that they had a lot of tags turned back due to the, the that big storm that came through. So, uh, what do you what do you see moving forward with the um, 2020 elk regs, what changes are being made, um, tag allocations, what are you seeing? Okay, so our Unit 1, um, you know, it moved, they cut Unit 1 late rifle, 75 tags. Okay, so Unit 1 got cut from 375 to 300. And, uh, you know, the archery season got cut 50, which I was really, really excited to see. Um, so, you know, we're down to 250, you know, historically back, you know, back in the day when we were younger, you know, that was always 150 tags in that hunt, which, you know, a lot of guys always think when we're complaining about tag numbers that we're complaining because there's too many, you know, elk being shot or there's just too, you know, over hunting, which, yeah, that is part of it. But what people don't really understand is what we really are complaining about is when you stick 300 archery hunters in unit one and then you throw another hundred cow tags on top of that or 75 or whatever it is it's the it's the pressure not only the elk are getting it's the pressure that everyone else is hunting and you know it's hard to find a place to 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 get alone and be you know where you're out hunting and you don't have to deal with somebody else you know and that's what we really like seeing is that some of these tag numbers have dropped and that helps in the sheer numbers of people that are running around the woods you know, so with that unit one hunt, um, that late rifles down to 300, which really, really happy to see that. I was really glad 
that, uh, you know, I didn't really think they were going to do it. Um, went to a couple of meetings this summer, um, gave some recommendations, and lo and behold, they moved these tags. And, and, you know, some guys, you know, some outfitters maybe, some guys don't really like that because, of course, you know, hunter opportunity, you know, but at the same time, hunter opportunity, I understand that, but people need to understand that hunter experience, you need a little bit of that. You know, you don't want to come on a hunt and have a bad experience. You want to be able to go and have a good time and hunt and, and have an enjoyable time, you know. And sometimes running into tons of people is not very enjoyable, you know. So um, in unit one, on the by lowering at 50 tags uh, on the archery hunt from 300 to 250, you truly feel like 50 less people will make up, you'll notice the difference? Oh, yeah. I really think that, that, Anything from, I mean, we're, I don't think we're ever going to see um, our numbers that we, you know, that we, has, we grew up with. You know, when we grew up, there was 150 archery tags, and it was an, just an absolute, I mean, Unit 1 used to probably be, it was probably one of the best archery hunts in the United States. I mean, it was just a smoking hunt, just because of the amount of elk, the amount of age class that was there, the, the big bulls, and the, the action that you would get in the rut was just out of control. And I don't think we'll ever see our numbers back down to, you know, where they're going to have 150 tags, you know. But mm -hmm. 250 is, I mean, anything, Jay, <laughs> in these days, you know, when we see some cuts in the tags, I mean, you know, I'm, I mean, obviously between the hunters and, you know, the game of fish, there has to be a happy medium. And I think we're starting to see maybe, okay, let's, let's, try, to, let's try to find that happy place for everyone. And this is at least better than, you know, where we were, you know, I mean, it was, yeah. because, you know, one was kind of ridiculous. It got to be, it got to be, plus it got shot up pretty hard. I mean, in the last, since the wallow fire, I mean, one just gradually, you know, it peaked really high, you know, and I guess that would be 2013, 14, right in there. And then it just started going downhill, you know, just age class. Maybe not numbers of elk. There were still some pretty good numbers, but they raised the tag numbers and just people everywhere. And it was just wasn't a very enjoyable hunt. And you know, I, I you know, you know, I grew up in Unit One. I mean, live right here in Springerville and Eager, and and I hated that. And now starting to see it kind of go the other way a little bit. You know, makes me pretty happy. You know, and uh, twenty seven, twenty seven. You know, they cut. They did cut some tags. I still think it's pretty high. It's got 400 late rifle tags. Um, they cut it 60, which, just like we talked, 50, 60 tags. I mean, it's 60 less guys in the woods. I mean, it does make a difference. Right. And uh, we're starting to kind of have that happy medium. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I like the late rifle hunt. Um you know, you have that, you know, Unit 1's going to have 300 and, and Unit 27's going to have 400. I mean, I still think it's, you know, the reason 27 is 400 kind of seems like a lot to me still is because, you know, it's not, you know, 27, if you look at it, at the unit from north to south, you know, 80% of the people are hunting in the northern part of the unit. And so when you stack Really, you could cut the unit in half and say, okay, well, you know, 300 pe 350 people are hunting this portion of it. 
And that that part of it is still going to be a little congested. 400 still a lot of tags. You're still going to run into people. It's still a good hunt. I'm not saying it's not. Um, the guys that have been producing in those units will still produce. But we do like seeing a, a cut in that. Um, the 27 archery did not move. Um, it stayed at 225, which I would have liked to have seen at least 25 tags cut out of that hunt. Uh, 225 is, you know, and, and with that said, like I said, you know, unit 27 has a hundred cow tags, which I hate. <laughs> I just, you know, because now you've got, you know, you've got 325 people running around the woods plus family, friends and everybody else. It's still, it's still a lot, um, you know, certain places, certain trailheads and different places have been kind of congest, congested at times, you know, doesn't mean you can't get away and find your find your place but um i would have liked to have seen that one move a little bit you know but it didn't um you know i was surprised that they didn't cut a few more tags out of 27 as a whole um one has had some really bad press and a lot of people have really been complaining and they did it i mean one was one needed what they're doing to one is is good i mean they've you know, they've cut out 125 tags out of just archery and rifle hunt, which it, you know, it could have even used, you know, 150 in my opinion. Of course, that's my opinion. Um, you know, 3A, 3C, uh, you know, they had a, they had a, they cut 35 out of the archery hunt, which again, will, I, I mean, in my opinion, 3A, 3C had started to come up a little anyway, and it was starting to, you know, you saw some really good bulls getting shot over there. That's a hunt that, you know, I think some guys with some points might start focusing on because with another thir with 35, I want to say they cut it out a couple years ago. They actually no, I'm not. I, don't don't take my what I'm saying here is is anything. I want to say they did cut a few out of there prior to this, but it's down to a hundred, and we don't really pay attention to the to the three A three three A three C late hunt, just that archery hunt, that trophy hunt. Um, and so that archery hunt is, is, that's good that 35 tags came out of there. That, that with a hundred tags in three, a three C, um, you know, you can start to have a pretty quality, really quality hunt with a hundred yeah. tags in there. If you have some points, I mean, you're, you're familiar with the unit, you know, I mean, you put a hundred archery hunters in there and you can go in there and, and if a guy's got some points and he can draw a tag, I mean, that could be a really, really smoking hunt. And, and enjoyable, you know, you'll come out of there with a really good experience, you know, and, uh, and across the board, I mean, seven, 10, I mean, you know, some of those other units up North, they, they took some cuts in some of those, uh, which was good to see. I mean, like I said, that, the happy place, maybe they're trying to, you know, I understand the hunter opportunity. I understand people want to draw tags and they want to hunt, but at the same time, you know, that hunter experience, you want to be able to come and have a good experience, man. And when you got 500 people in the woods at the same time, I mean, it just can get to be kind of, you know, our hunters. Yeah, that's where we get our complaint. And it's not, they're not complaining to us. They just, you know, we, I'm, I mean, I'm up front with people. I tell them, hey, we're going to run into people. It's just a fact. You know, you might be working a bull and you might get in there and there might be someone else hunting the bull. Doesn't mean it's going to be like that every time. But just if it happens, it happens. You know, you got to have, you know, got to be polite about it. 
And, you know, if, if, if someone beats you to it or they're there and they're in front of you, you've got to back out, you know, and hopefully they, people treat you the same, you know. But it's just part of public land, you know. So when it comes to the late archery hunts, um, each one has, looks like, 30 tags. One has 30 and 27 has 30. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that late archery hunt? Well, we take people in it every year. Um, we killed decent bull in it this year, and our other hunter, you know, had multiple encounters or opportunities and, and had, you know, I want to say three or four shots. Um, it's not for everybody. It's a, uh, it's a good hunt. You're going to see a lot of bulls. It's because pr- it's prior to, you know, the late rifle hunt. So the bulls are obviously pulled off the cows. You know, they've been off the cows for a month and a half, you know, two months almost. And, and um, they're not, you know, they're just bachelored up and they're out on the grass a lot of times. We haven't had the snow yet, typically. And, you know, you hunt tree lines and glass a lot. You might find, depending on whether you're in Unit 1 or 27, it's kind of a different hunt in both units. Uh, but it can be a good hunt. I mean, but it's really the individual that draws that tag and puts in for that tag because, you know, it's obviously not going to be a rut hunt. <laughs> and it's a spot and stock or ambush type situation hunt. And, um, can be good, you know, um, you know, the hunters that we take on it, some of the guys have hunted it more than once and they like the hunt. Uh, took a guy a few years ago that drew it by accident. Um, guy got some shots, but didn't really like the hunt. Just didn't like that, you know, obviously was an archery hunter that liked to hunt him in the rut and it's not a rut hunt, <laughs> completely different experience. They're a lot more so, on the edge when they're not bugling and rutting and chasing cows. Those bulls can be extremely wary, can't they? Yes. I mean, they're, you know, I mean, you know how those elk are at that time of year. I mean, they're feeding out there in a flat or something, and they're throwing their heads up, and there's ten bulls, and there's lots of eyes, and they're all smart. And, you know, they're, you know, they got their wits about them, and it, it can be, you know, and then if you're hunting them in the burns and different places where you're glassing them and you bed them up, and then you got to, you know, you got to ambush them and make a stalk on them or head them off or try to outthink them, you know. I mean, it can be, like I said, it can be a good hunt. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know what the success rates are. I'm guessing the success rates are probably around 50%, um, maybe lower, and maybe, I don't think they're a t- I don't think they're much higher than that. Um, I've never really paid attention to what those are. I mean, we probably, in our late archery hunts over the last five or six years, I'm guessing, we're at probably a little over 50% for success rate. You know, Jeff, so I, want to take like- just, I want to take just a quick second here. I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, uh, the optics department. My friend Cody Nelson is the optics manager. Uh, he's the one that you talk to on the phone. If you're looking to buy optics, rifle scopes, spotting scopes, range finders, binoculars, tripods, anything to do with optics, give Cody a call at 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. Um, routinely, every day, I get a message from someone that Cody has done a really good job with customer service and taking care of someone's needs. 
Uh, make sure to mention the J. Scott Outdoors um, podcast, and Cody's going to take care of you. Uh, he's going to take care of you if you if you don't mention the podcast, but make sure to let him know where you heard about it. I also want to thank Go Hunt. I want to remind you guys the Go Hunt Insider, the draw odds uh, for Arizona, I'm being told, are going to be loaded here within about a week, um, and you'll be able to go on there. That is the most up-to-date and um, consistent, accurate draw odds out there on the market. And if you're not a Go Hunt Insider member, go to GoHunt.com forward slash J. Scott. Click the blue button, join up. You get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card just for signing up. I want to thank Go Hunt for their sponsorship. I want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear I wear on all my hunts. Go to Kuyu.com. That's K-U-I-U.com uh, to find out more information. Great year. I also do a Q&A on my Instagram about twice a week. I'm constantly answering questions about uh, Kuyu. If you have any questions, you can send me a direct message. I'm happy to help guys find the right gear for them. Uh, also, uh, Bonescope.com, uh, use the JSCOT20. So now we're in 2020, so now the promo code is JSCOT20. You're going to save 10%. Uh, and OnXMaps.com, use the JSCOT20 promo code, and you're going to save 20% on onxmaps.com. Jeff, um, I want to take just a second here. You talk about talking to hunters with expectations in Unit 1 and 27, um, and just go down through comparing hunt to hunt, um, comparing, just talk a little bit about the one compared to Unit 27, and we'll start with archery. Um, you know, I want you to kind of cover... This is what you should kind of expect. Um, this is what you should expect in the terrain and kind of compare them back and forth and we'll talk archery. Uh, then we'll talk about the early firearm season, whether it be muzzleloader or early rifle. And then uh, you've already talked about the late uh, archery. Talk a little bit about the late hunt and how they're comparable and how they're different. Okay, uh, your unit one, um, starting with I guess archery, you know, your archery hunts. Uh, unit one is a 320 to 330 average upper end bull that is taken in that hunt, um, a kind of across the board. If you go with a reputable outfitter, you might bump that average just a titch, you know, up to that maybe 340 mark. Um, if guys hold out, if you're doing a five to seven day hunt, um, even even on an individual that's hunting on his own, you might and you know of course you get those guys that are lucky, you know you're going to see that upper, you know ten percent of the guys, you know someone's going to shoot a three fifty plus bull, they're in the unit. Um, I don't think there's you know I think unit one has a lot more, the bull to cow ratio is better during the archery hunt. So action wise. I think that the unit one hunt can be really, really good action-wise. But you're going to see those satellite bulls, you know, those 280 to 300 to 310 bulls, um, you, you know, with as, as your satellite bulls on, the group, on those, those big groups of cows, and you might see a 340 upper-end herd bull. Doesn't mean you won't see a bigger bull. I mean, they're, they're there, you know, but every year... You know, for the last few years, the age class has dropped in Unit 1. and But 
that that's typically what it has been. Um, you know, we know of the big bulls that get killed. So if there's a big smoker bull that gets shot out of one, um, we know about it. Somebody hears about it. Somebody says, and and there's a few of them a year, but it's nothing like it was five or six years ago, where you you know you heard of, you know, ten plus three seventy plus bulls being shot in archery season. Nothing like that anymore. Now with these these with these numbers being cut, the late tags, that's saving elk. <laughs> so it's not necessarily, when you have less people in the woods, you're, less elk are being shot. So it's going to make those, you know, a couple, two or three percent of those bulls that are being taken, bulls are going to make it. And then they're going to get another year on them. And that's where you're going to start seeing maybe a bull here or a bull there reach a, a better potential. Um, in the archery season in 27, 27 has a lot more remote country, and because of that, and bulls, bulls, there's a lot of bulls that travel from 27 that come into one, and you're going to see bulls that travel, a couple that, you know, might come out of one and go back into 27. You might get bulls that cross over from the reservation. I mean, I'm sure the reservation, I know the reservation picks up bulls from one and 27 as well, that some are there, um, and vice versa. So, 27, I would say, is kind of the same type of average, that 320, 330, upper end average. Um, the bull-to-cow ratio is not as great in 27. Um, so you're probably not going to get in maybe some of the action that you would get in Unit 1. So Unit 1 is going to be a little higher action. Um, 27 is going to be... You can probably find a bigger, older age class bull out of 27 in certain locations that might travel in, that might not be there in the summer, but might come in to rut. And so if I had to pick one, you know, 27 would probably be the one that you could find a bigger bull in that maybe somebody else hasn't, you know, found. Um, this year in the archery season, uh, t there was probably more trophy class bulls killed in 27 in the archery season than unit one. Um, typically hasn't always been that way. Most of the time, unit one probably produces a few more better bulls, but in the last couple of years, that's kind of switched. I don't know why. Um, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of that has to do with some of that remote country. You know, I know uh, we killed a really, really solid, you know, 385 kind of bull in archery season in 27, um, you know, really solid big bull. And uh, the one guys, they didn't struggle. They had a lot of, you know, plenty of plenty of encounters. But, man, finding that 330 to 350 bull was kind of a task. Um, saw a lot of that 320 bull pushing cows and, and rutting cows in one. And, and it's not that that bull isn't a, you know, got the genetics and everything to be a bigger bull. He's just not, he just, he's a four-year-old elk, you know. Right. So, um, and, you know, so that that's just kind of what we see there. So, uh, you know, those are the differences. What um, about the muzzleloader early rifle hunts? And does the expectation change of trophy quality, or are you just yeah, pretty much the I same? Yeah, I mean, you know, Obviously, with a gun, you're going to reach out there and touch something a little better than, you know, an archery season. But you're going to be chasing kind of the same type of bulls. You're just going to have 
you know, in archery season, you got to get tight and get in there and, and, you know, get within that 60 yard mark. And with, with the muzzleloader rifle, you might have more opportunity to pass bulls. So you're probably running and gunning a little more where you're running on a bugle and elk and you, you're glassing him up, seeing him and no, that's not what I'm after. No, no, no. You know, you're going to be able to, you know, um, so you might, and depending on how the rut hits, you know, um, I would say same type of thing. I mean, because of the remoteness of 27, you might be able to go find a sleeper that, you know, a bull that maybe some, not everyone's found, um, in a little hole somewhere where 20, where unit one is those big bulls are harder to find sometimes because of that, because there's just not as many, you know, secrets in unit one because it's more road accessible it's more accessible people can get around people bulls get seen um you know there was a couple of couple of really good bulls got shot you know a lot of guys that shoot a big bull in the archery um i mean in the in the trophy hunts obviously somebody finds a big bull while they're archery hunting you know that's why sometimes hunting with outfitters is good because obviously if we're in there we're you know you know we chased a really big giant bull in 27 all archery season and then we lost him, and then um, another outfitter ended up killing him in the trophy hunt. Uh, half his rack was busted off, but still, I mean, he was a really, really good bull. Um, you know, and you find those bulls while you're archery hunting, and then come trophy, you know, the trophy hunt, you know, you can obviously capitalize maybe a little easier, you know. So in other words, so, the guides and the people have information on the archery hunts that they've seen the bull, they can't quite get close enough, then the firearm season rolls and they can go hey there's a big one right here and so the efficiency of getting them killed that's why you see a little bit better bull killed on the firearm season just because of the sole fact of being able to shoot a little further and don't have to get in as tight and you don't have to be quite as stealthy right yeah that's exactly what it is i mean all these other units 3a 3c 3b you know multiple there'll be big bulls killed i mean you know, there was a big bull, couple. We shot a really good bull in 3B this year, and uh, if he would, if we'd have had all the inches that were broke off, he's a 372 bull, and if he'd have had, he's missing over 20 inches, and uh, you know that bull had. I know I've had two different people message us and said that they shot one hit him, and he did have a broadhead in his, you know, in his back strap. Someone shot him in archery season. So, you know, that's the thing. You know, we found him and hunted him and killed him on the second day of hunting him in the trophy hunt. And, uh, you know, that it is. It's because, you know, depending on, on the unit, you know, whether it's a muzzleloader unit, but, I mean, even a lot of these muzzleloaders now are single-shot rifles. I mean, guys can reach out there, you know, 400 yards and shoot a bull. And where they prop, you know, um, and that's, you know, it's, it's an efficient, you know, there's 40, 35 to 40 tags in most of those hunts. You have a lot less people chousing them. And, you know, that's why they're a sought-after tag. But, you know, those trophy hunts, people always, oh, you know, let's go to the expectation thing that you talked about. Now, when you come, when you add into the trophy factor of a trophy tag, that's what we call it as a trophy tag. So you're talking a gun rut hunt. It's either a rifle or a muzzleloader. And when you, when you talk about those hunts down in this neck of the woods, I mean, people have really high expectations. Most hunters have 
too high of expectation even for that tag because that tag can be pretty tough with the expectation because people just think, well, I drew this tag. It took me 19 points to draw. That almost guarantees that this is the best hunt. Yes, there is a lot of that that goes into consideration, but at the end of the day, finding and killing some of those, that 1% of what is out there, and that's really what it comes down to, 1% or 2% of the unit has that big giant bull that people are after in those trophy hunts. So, you know, you get up into 9 or 10 in some of those areas that are really glassable or open country, and, they, you know, those bulls can be seen a little easier than this mountain country over here where they're pined up in, you know, trees or burns or different things, you know. Um, that's also another factor, you know. I mean, I know that 9 and 10 and, and you know, 7 and all that country up north pumped out a bunch of giant bulls this year in the archery hunts and in the trophy hunts. But a lot of those bulls can get found where we do lose some bulls. I mean, we hunted a couple of bulls this year, and we lost them, and we never turned those bulls back up, um, you know, because they, they, they can get lost because of the, the timber and the country they were living in in the canyons. They just got to move a drainage over, and, and they can disappear a lot easier, you know. When you're hunting that big rolling flat stuff up north, you know, those, those elk can be a little more, you know, you can pattern them a little more. You know, they, they've got to go to certain water. They've got to go to certain feed. I mean, they're just there. You know, where our elk, it's kind of a different deal on this side of the state, you know. And then you've got your late elk hunts where normally you always say unit 27 on the late hunt is, is a skosh better than unit 1. Yeah, I always think it's a little little bit better. Um, due to obviously knowing the unit, um, knowing where I like to hunt or my guides like to hunt, um, 27 can be a lot more work, um, you know, out of the, the three big bulls we shot there this year, there wasn't one of them that was easy to get to. We had to pack them all out. I mean, you know, we didn't drive up to any of them, uh, where the unit one bulls, you know, you can get a lot closer with, you know, quad or vehicle. Um, you know, it makes it, you know, it's the unit's a lot milder than 27, you know. Um, I like the, I mean, I used to love unit one late hunt. Loved it. Great hunt. And, it, and I still do like it. It's just, it just got kind of beat up. And a lot of the big older age class bulls would move move into some of 27 or move in i'm not that they don't some of them stay in one but um it just has it's unit one and 27 unless you've been here and hunted these units a lot people need to understand that they, they they're in a way there's parts of it that are the same and then there's a part that couldn't be further away <laughs> you know it's it's got 27's got a lot of rough really deep nasty country it's not accessible other than by, you know, foot or horse. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a unit 23, you know, 23 Arizona is much the same as 27, you know, it's on the muggy on rim. Um, so it's got a lot of that really rough country, um, which as most guys know, you know, bull elk like that kind of country. Once the rut's over, they like to, they'll get off of the grass and move into a lot of, into a different feed and start getting on the browse a little more and, 
move into those big faces where all that, you know, that, you know, mountain mahogany and buckbrush and bitterbrush are, you know, and that's where they're going to switch over to that browse, you know. So that's probably the biggest difference, you know, and the, and the one bull that you find, even though they'll be rough, a lot of them will still be on the grass. They won't be on the browse as much. And that's why I think 27 sometimes picks up bulls because they're moving over to that browse and some of those bulls will come off of the grass and move into the into that lake country and and back into that different feed, you know. Definitely. Well, I think that gives the listener a good breakdown on 1 in 27. Um, usually this time of year, you start shifting focus to deer hunting. Have you, have you shifted focus yet? Are you going to Mexico like normal? No, I'm not this year. Um, I canceled um, due to another show that I have to be to um, that starts the weekend I would normally be coming out of Mexico. Gotcha. Which is really got me to bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I really um yeah, I'm really really hating that. I really want to go to Mexico. I really want to go hunt coos with my buddies. Really enjoy that hunt every year. Not going is uh really not what I wanted this year, but um I had a show already booked and somewhere I got to be and uh so I'm going to go ahead and go to the show and and take take this year off of Mexico which yeah hate I hate doing that I really want to go hunt coos deer <laughs> really enjoy that hunt how's hunt so, hard gear going um we have we've kind of we're sold out of our you know main packs uh, that we're doing right now, we're kind of refocusing some stuff, you know, on our lifestyles brand. We're going to ramp that up a little bit. Um, competition is pretty, pretty stiff. A lot of the guys that are doing really well in the pack business obviously manufacture their own gear. We don't. We design and have it built overseas. And uh, so right now we we've kind of got a couple of things in the mix, but gear wise, we're we're kind of going a different direction. Doesn't mean we won't kind of, you know, go down that path in the future. You know, we just we're looking at some different things right now. But lots of stuff's gone on with trade and um, the way you know your that you know the taxes and different things that when you're building stuff overseas. So, so when uh, you're talking about going to shows, you're talking about going and booking hunts as an outfitter in New Mexico and in Arizona. Yeah, and mainly, I, mainly. I'm going to shows for my outfitting and, and then of course we have our lifestyle brand, which is, you know, hunt hard and we sell, you know, hats and apparel, just like there's a lot of guys doing it now with different brands. And that's what we mainly are going to the shows for. Okay. You know, and well, I know, booking hunts. I know the listeners get a lot of value out of your Arizona and New Mexico stuff. And when New Mexico comes up, we'll have to have you on again and talk about that. And, um, are you going to be at Western hunt expo? Yeah, so I'll be at the shows I'm doing this year. Um, my first one is Sacramento, California, with uh, International Sportsman's Expo. We'll be at Sacramento. Then we'll be at uh, Puyallup, Washington. I probably said that wrong. I, I slaughter that usually. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be in Washington at the Sportsman's Show there. And, and then we'll be at the Portland um, Expo, Hunting Expo in Portland. And then we go from Portland to Salt Lake City to to Western Hunt Expo. 
Awesome. Well, I'll and get then, to see uh, you there. We, and then we'll be in Phoenix after that, maybe. We, we, we haven't decided if we're going to do Phoenix yet. Okay. So that's where, those are the shows we'll be at. Awesome. Well, I want to give you a chance to let the people know how they can get a hold of you, and I'll link it up in the show notes as well. And as always, thanks for coming on and sharing with us. Well, as always, I appreciate you having us. Um, it's a great service for us as outfitters to, to be able to get on here and you know talk about the units and the places that we hunt and stuff, so it's really good. And to find us, um, you go into uh, hunthard.com and go into the outfitter section or, or you know, and, and uh, Instagram is going to be hunthard under, underscore gear. Or I guess not under, is that an underscore? Yes, yeah. yeah. underscore, yeah. And then underscore gear. Um, and then on Facebook is just hunt hard on Facebook. And that's the best way to find us. And then, of course, you know, my cell number um, is on, you know, on our, on our profiles and everything on both of those. And you can call me direct if you have any questions about the units. And, you know, the biggest thing, you know, people that do their research prior to the draws, it's good to call in advance if you have points. Even if you don't, um, you need to be planning a game plan for maybe two or three years down the road, but you always need to make sure that you don't do something stupid every year. And I don't mean that you know, in a bad way. I'm just saying a lot of times things change, and hunt codes change, and different things change. And you know, a unit might one year, a big, you know, something big can happen. And so it's good to call and say, hey, this is my plan, and, you know, is this, is this going to be a good idea to do? Like if you're looking for an outfitted hunt, we're going to give you, you know, outfitters are going to give you the recommendation of what we feel is best to do on what you want, and then go from there. Because you've got to have a plan. If you go in it without a plan, <laughs> a lot of times bad stuff happens. Yep. So. Awesome, anyway, man. Well, then, Thanks for sharing with us. Um, I'll link up these contacts, uh, how guys can get a hold of you. And, yeah, hope it keeps snowing. I appreciate you coming on. All right. I appreciate it, Jay. Thank you for having me. All right, buddy. God bless. All right. You too. Talk to you later. Bye.